it's the only podcast brought back to life with a phoenix down. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Everybody and welcome to the Exclamation Mark Podcast, episode 20. It's our 20th anniversary, of, if anniversaries are measured in episodes. Uh, my name is Crofton Steers. I am one of your two hosts on the only podcast brought back to life with the Phoenix Down. It is Tokyo Game Show Week, and I'm here joined, as always... By uh, the Starsky to my hutch, Bo Schwartz. Bo, welcome. Now, there's a reference I don't know too much about. What do I have to do as Starsky? I don't know. Act like a redneck. Actually, that might be the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, Dukes of Hazards are like hillbillies. But I'll have you know there is a bow in the Dukes of Hazards. That's about all I remember. That would have been too on the nose a reference for me, I think. Yeah. What's that? How you doing? How you doing, buddy? JP Hodgins or whatever. Who's the Who's the guy? Everyone that's chasing him all the time. T. Billy Craig. No. I don't know. What? No. There's a guy like like slap slap pog pictugic collie. There's a guy. Sure, sure, Bo. There's always a guy. There's the guy that the old guys chase the Dukes of Hazard around. Right. Uh, I'm the sheriff? Fun. I don't know, Bo. Yeah, P.T.H. Hopkins. Bo, I was born in 79, on December 31st to be exact. My memories of that time period are very hazy, mostly involved coming out of my mother's vagina. Whoa. <laughs> okay. well, I was alive for one day in the 70s, and that's really all I did really that put, day. You really put your foot down there. Or my oh. hands up, or however I came out. Um, all right. Oh, Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. That's his name. Sure. I didn't know that. Okay. Well, it's a big deal. Uh, he's a big deal. <laughs> you heard, it, you <laughs> heard a, it here first. As Joe Biden would say, it's a big fucking deal. Um, <laughs> Video games. I'm doing good. Um, where are we at in the show right now? We're lost already. It took us about two minutes and we're lost. So, uh, without further ado... I mentioned very early on that it was Tokyo Game Show Week, which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I probably am, is the last of these shows that keep coming up seemingly every two weeks, celebrating gaming as we do. Like, there was Gamescom, there was uh, E3, obviously, Mm -hmm. there was... uh, uh, whatever Penny Arcade Expo. Well, what stuff, else was there's there? Dreamhack. There's Gen Con. I don't know if Dragon Con. Like Gamescon. Yeah, Gamescon was uh, in Germany. There's GDC. That was earlier this year. Anyway, it just feels like nonstop. Um, but oh, the Tokyo Game E3? Show always aims at a, a bit of a different audience. So maybe we can look at that a bit in our first section. Readme.txt. Now, 
Bo, last week we received a nice email from a listener, Ben, I believe his name was, and he asked us what type of games we preferred, Western or Eastern games, and you went on a very precious soliloquy about the imagination unfurled in the Eastern games and how much you love them. So I'm sure that you paid very big attention to all the announcements at Tokyo Game Show, so maybe you can tell me your favorite right now. No, I completely skipped the Tokyo Game Show. I have no idea what happened. (laughs) And let's examine this a bit. Why did you skip it? Why? Well, I kind of got distracted and forgot it was happening. Specifically, this weekend was the Heroes of the Storm uh, Championship, the America's Championship, and that just sort of vacuumed away anything else that I, I, I said I would pay attention to earlier that same week. Yeah, no, that's fair enough, and I mean, I, I think though it's it's testament to a greater a greater point, uh, which is the fact that Eastern games are, you know, at a low point, I'd say, uh, in terms of in terms of overall popularity. If you put Nintendo in its own category, and and say that they're doing their own thing, and then then you have the other companies. Um, there wasn't a ton of stuff. Now, that's not to say that people who aren't into spe- specific niche, and, and I know Persona, the Persona series is is rivaling Final Fantasy now in popularity. It's becoming a bigger series, but if for a long time it's been niche. So stuff like a new trailer for Persona 5 and it being delayed um, – that's that's of interest to a select group, but I don't I, I don't think um, it would make big ripples across the pond, so to speak. Do you think? Sorry, when you say it's diminishing interest or it's diminishing its market share or whatever, you're referring to like North America, right? Like, no, I'm I'm referring to internationally. Oh, okay. Uh, like everywhere except the except the East. I just think that there's less of an interest in in game. Like now, there's a yeah. couple of games that are have crossed um out of the out of sort of uh, Japan, Asia, all that into international success and I think of like in particular Demon Souls and uh Dark Souls and um Bloodborne, Bloodborne by from from software and and I'm pretty like I I got Demon Souls on my PS3. I'm still never played Dark Souls at one and two. I just figured that like you know what, if I can't finish Demon Souls, and I played a lot of it and I enjoyed it, but like I shouldn't go out and play a new version of that game. But I'm pretty sure, not 100 percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that Bloodborne is going to be the next game I play on the the old PS4. And if that's the case, uh, the announcement at Tokyo Game Show that there's an expansion to Bloodborne coming out. Um, that's, that to me is of note, but, and that got a lot of like, when, when an expansion to an existing game is getting a lot of the Western game attention, you know, that there wasn't, there wasn't a ton of stuff, you know, of, of, of super interest to the international market coming out of that. Yeah. I don't, I did a little bit of research prior to the show, saw a few things and the top, there was an article on IGN about the top five things. One of them, two of them were Bloodborne and Dark Souls. I'm like, isn't that like the same series? <laughs> like, or same, yeah, it, you know, it, like, it is. How does that I count as play... two items? It must mean you really had to try to get five here. And one of them was like, I think a, a new fighter announced in for Street, Street Fighter, fighter five, five or something yeah. like that. You know, once you're at that point that you're digging deep, you know, like at GamesCon, you had the big announcement of Mafia 3. Um, and uh, in, in, in this case, there's no, nothing really like... 
uh, oh, cross-border thing, appeal. Yeah, they released um, Final Fantasy 15. They released like a JPEG of one of the new characters they haven't revealed. Like they didn't even show the full characters. Right? Like, yeah, if these are the most exciting things from your games conference. I think it's a huge excitement for cosplayers. What I did see a lot of was there's a huge photo gallery full of people dressed up as characters and stuff, and that's cool, but not newsworthy, I think. And also, like, I remember a time where Tokyo Game Show was, like, the number two show. It was, like, E3 and Tokyo Game Show. They were huge. And uh, and it feels like, I don't know, uh, maybe it's still huge over there, like, in terms of scale and... And, and like you said, like tons of cosplayers, festival goers, all that sort of stuff, uh, conference goers. But it seems to me like it's it's just taken a step back in importance to the overall uh, international gaming community, if you will. Yeah. So uh, so yeah. Anyway, I didn't I didn't see much that 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 jumped out at me. Uh, the only thing was the Bloodborne stuff, and that's just because I'm thinking about uh, dusting off oh. uh, a copy of Bloodborne. So yeah. The other the other item too was the Metal Gear Online component, which. It's not what you go to a conference for to see, like, an unreleased piece of a released game. It's like, oh, this seems... Again, yeah, I know. Seems it's like, like, like It feels like it was, like, DLC little components of, of games. Uh, you know, it really... Uh, not not a not a tremendous tremendous amount of stuff. Actually, overall, aside from Tokyo Game Show, it was a fairly slow news week. Um, they released a new Rise of the Tomb Raider trailer today. Did you have a chance to look at that? I didn't. That's actually news to me. Um, yeah, we, was, have, uh, we have this long-standing tradition on the show for one person to see the trailer, and the other person to be like, I "It turns out I had seen." <laughs> I went back to look at that Legacy of the Void trailer we talked about last week. I did see it. It was the one that I saw, and Jim Rayner is in it. No, that's the wrong one. There's no Jim no. Rayner in. In the, the I, new Starcraft it, he, one, he is. He is in. He is in it right before the credits at the end. Like you see his. It's his face and then 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 it does the credits and then there's the the protoss guy with his his sword thing that comes out of his arm his arm that says like a that's for ire or whatever no there's no for ire that's not the right trailer it's I'm not? telling you no i need to send it to you right after the show I can't i've googled it three times it's always that one it's that comes legacy out. of the void cinematic trailer there are like a billion trailers because they have three games and there's a ton of cinematics for well this one was for legacy of the void i guess it just was the wrong yeah, cinematic that trailer. one is probably the um there's prologue missions teasing the, the game and, and so there wasn't there's two trailers for the game and that one's with like in-game engine stuff this one's the whole like Supercomputer graphics. Sweet. Man, you still didn't see it. Well, we're keeping the tradition alive here on EXM. Uninformed hosts, that's what you pay for. <laughs> Speaking of uninformed hosts, the new Rise of the Tomb Raider trailer takes all of two minutes to watch, but I will tell you about it. Um, it is uh, It is essentially like it does, it, whereas previous Tomb Raider stuff has has focused on like the action a lot. I think yeah. they've received criticism about like getting away from the the solving of puzzles and ex- exploration of tombs and all that. And so this was that in a nutshell. Like they showed a whole bunch of uh, really coolly done environments, stuff that looked like um, Lara is exploring a new environment, uh, lots of um, landscapes and all this. Meanwhile, there's like this somber voiceover talking the whole time. And I think that this is my problem with this game because – in a post-Last of Us age, to do a game 
that's a third person action game, if you're not going to do it with a, with sort of like um, a smile and a wink, like Nathan Drake does it in the Uncharted games, then then it feels like a little too self serious, and and that's what I was getting out of out of this trailer. It's cool in a way. It would have been cool five years ago, but now I just feel like. They're getting lost in in the seriousness of it. They're trying to make it gritty and real and all that sort of stuff. But it's not gritty and real. It's absolutely ridiculous. Tomb Raider has always been absolutely ridiculous. And uh, even by trying to make it gritty and real and then having her kill 100 zillion guys and uh, – and, and go through ordeals that no human body can sustain. It's just it's it's not believable. Whereas The Last of Us skirts the you know makes it seem in a science fiction environment that it's kind of somewhat believable. And Uncharted is clearly not believable, but is 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 a, sort of like an action movie comedic of a light tone. Anyway, I I, I wasn't a fan of the trailer. Okay, well, <laughs> I may not watch it then. You heard it here first. You should, you should watch trailer. it because no. I think that your opinion would be different. Okay. I think I think you – like maybe I've colored it now, but I think that that trailer will excite most most people. So maybe they did a okay. good job on that front. I just think that like as I get older as an adult, like what I look for out of my third-person action games, they have to, they have to be – my ability to suspend disbelief is gets challenged a lot more and in the case of the new tomb raider i'm like i look at the video and i and i and i think i'll probably be falling playing followed for that day because they both come out the same day you know i'm this is not doing enough to make me think that they've learned any lessons from the first one i think they see their remake as a success and they're just doubling down on that and i didn't like their remake as much so here's tomb raider in a shell for me bought that remade game i might have even paid full price for it haven't even installed the DirectX crap on it or whatever, so I'm gonna I'm trying to learn my lesson here and not buy games that I have zero interest in playing. Like I have I have this manufactured interest, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that a little later on today's show. It's a little teaser. A little um, teaser. Yeah. Hey. So stick around because uh, we have we, we actually have a dialogue tree this week. Anyway. No. If, um, if I shut up, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so let's moving move on. on. Yeah. What's this about Rocket League? I see in the show notes here. Movie toys, TV show. It really is taking off in popularity, isn't it, Grafton? It's crazy. Like the fact that they're talking about. Like, let's face it. Let's face it. What is Rocket League? It is cars playing soccer in a like sort of sci-fi environment where you can double jump or whatever literally i could have i probably came up with that a zillion times in my head i know um when i was explaining to somebody at work about it they were like hey do you remember excite bike 64 and i did play excite bike 64 on the nintendo 64 they're like there's a mini game where you're playing soccer with your bikes or whatever and hitting this giant ball around i'm like oh yeah there is Except it's not; it's clearly not as well done as Rocket League. But like, I do find it funny that such a base concept, and this could be how bankrupt creatively Hollywood is. They're like, "Oh, all right, let's make a movie, maybe a t- an ongoing TV show, a toys line." I could get behind, but maybe everything else seems ridiculous. Well, cars are already toys, so really they just make a deal with Hot Wheels and say, "Like, slap, make our cars, and slap the Rocket League logo on it." done i i think of your car in rocket league like which is uh 
which always looks ridiculous because you've got all these cosmetic things on it. And I think about it in a box on the shelf (laughs) and some kid being like, I want that, daddy. But see, no, it makes sense because a TV show makes sense. Like a cartoon, like you have a cast of characters. It's like Speed Racer. You got the good guy, Rocket Leaguer, and then you got evil, evil Ted, Ted Balzac. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, we got to beat Ted Balzac. He's such a bastard in the league. He always wins, but he's sided with the devil. (laughs) And the devil's another player. Anyway, you can see where this goes. Like... They, um, what you're saying, I think, is that they have a lot of room for creative freedom in terms of interpreting a Rocket League TV show or movie. There's no, there's no characters in it. And ultimately, it's, I think it's dangerous. I think one of the things that makes Rocket League genius is that there are absolutely zero humanoid NPCs in the game. There's no lore. There's nothing to, to tie it down to, like, here's this specific thing. And I think that's what sort of is appealing about Rocket League. I'm, no, I, I yeah. agree. I mean, it's just a simple pick-up-and-play game. It's super fun. Everybody's having a blast, but it's just funny how how they're like, oh, there's more ways that you can spin this. Let's make more money. I and think, who knows? Maybe I'll be proven wrong. I think what happens, I'm, I'm glad, glad to see there'll be more Rocket League in one way or another. Yeah, I think what happens is when things – and this is something we could talk about in video game design, but the less something is endowed with characterization, the more you can – you know, imbue it with characterization. So, like, it's like how um, they approached Half-Life, where Gordon Freeman doesn't talk. I think that was a distinct design decision so that you would not alienate or feel distance from actually being Gordon. Um, So I think there's a little element of that to Rocket League, and I think doing movies... Toys make sense because you make cars, but if they do start doing, like, Rondo Rocket... And, um, you know, Ted Balzac, the evil (laughs) (laughs) trademark 2015 Boshwars making characters. I think that's going to like ruin it for some people, potentially. That being said, MOBAs have like deeply lord characters and those are not stopping in popularity. So it's funny because like I just thought of like in in American football right now, there's this uh, all star quarterback everybody knows called Tom Brady. And for the longest time, he's been like Mr. Bland, like pretty much had no personality. Everybody was able to imprint whatever they wanted Tom Brady to be. He'd answer questions at press conferences with like, I don't know. I can't comment or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He was super bland. And then just the other day, a reporter noticed in his locker, there was like a um, Make America Great Again hat. And uh, so he's a Donald Trump supporter. Oh. And, the world, <laughs> and, and the world is the world is exploded. Everybody's like, Tom Brady. And then somebody asked him about it. And, and he's like, yep, that'd be good if he won or whatever. Oh, That's no. all he said pretty oh, much. No. But everybody freaked out. But it goes to show you they all loved him when he was bland and they didn't know anything about them. But as soon as they opened their mouths, as soon as characters opened their mouths, yeah. but that- <laughs> you got to deal with Tom- the real world. <laughs> Tom Brady is a character to us. We don't know him in the flesh. Tom um, Brady is a character. But um, I, that being said, not that this show is about politics, but I'm like, he might actually, like, that's the liberal media blowing up about it. Like, I'm sure a lot of people be like, hmm, Tom Brady likes Donald Trump. Maybe I need to rethink my evaluation of Donald Trump. Uh, Tom Brady, he's a genius. 
Um, All right. <laughs> Rocket League is uh, is super awesome, though, and I want to see it out, live as long as possible. I also find, like, they announce, like, more DLC, and whenever I read about their DLC, it's all, like, cosmetic stuff. And I sort of want to support them, but I don't give a shit about cosmetic stuff. And, like, at the same time, I don't want them to unbalance the game by doing something like, you know, this new mode is allows you to drive on the ceiling or something like that. You know, uh, um I just feel like that I like the game the way it is and I don't want them fucking around with it. I feel it's kind of perfectly tuned. So it's tough to add features. Like if all of a sudden they're like, now there's guns on the top of your cars that, you know, it would be, it it would reduce what the game's about. Yeah. I I kind of picturing now I I can get the Tom Brady car with a make America (laughs) great hat and like Tom Brady's (laughs) face painted on the car. That's sweet. That's one dollar ninety nine um, DLC right that's there. That's where that's going, man. The, the, you haven't seen anything because you haven't played a MOBA, have you? Have you, have you no. seen their stores? They're like heroes or champions in league or wherever. Regular if price. If I played any ten, of them, I'd play heroes. They're like between five to ten dollars each, just for the hero. And in league, there are one hundred and thirty of them, I think, by now. So if Shit. you just wanted to buy all of them, now there's bundles. But if you're an idiot, you can go in and buy them one at a time and <laughs> spend. Thirteen hundred dollars or whatever on the game, like I I don't get though like because you can't play multiple heroes at the same time. So why would you like? Why don't you just buy like three heroes and play with those three? That's that's what I've done with League. With League, I've taken a much slower approach. But yeah, um, because I'm in on the ground floor with heroes, I own them all since launch. Since I got in, yeah. So whenever there's a new one, I just spend gold and I get it for free now, and I have access to everything. That's a bit different. Yeah, yeah I, I can see you put a lot of time into heroes. I guess but, that makes sense for all Rocket games. League doesn't have that alternative. You can't earn money playing Rocket. You can't earn Rocket points to get free DLC, which is a big shortcoming of Rocket League um, compared to the actual MOBA. Uh, I don't think so if that's a shortcoming. The big thing is you play Rocket League because it's fun, not because it's going to get you something. No, but still, if you're spending time in their environment and not doing something else, then getting a free skin out of it or a free car is like a nice perk. You Fair do, enough. But it isn't a free-to-play game. Like, it's a game that you have to spend $20 to play right off the bat. So maybe it's an unfair comparison. That could be. Right. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, Rocket League, we'll be talking about it much more because I haven't, I'm not done with that game by a mile. Me neither. My um, computer issues have put off me playing it, but I can't wait to get back in. All right, so what's next? Well, Bo, since we're talking about games we're playing, we should open up a segment focused on games we're playing. Let's call it Games Per Minute. Making kids' minds like vegetables, talk about them out on the street, smoking pot. This is Games Per Minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? I like cutting his head off, says the child. Bo, I, because... I don't have much this week with regards to games I'm playing. I would like you to take this time to introduce the game that you are playing and any accoutrements or announcements that go along with that game. So this is the point in the show you may have been waiting for, or I know I have been waiting for. You guys have no idea unless you've been on Twitter. Um, I play Heroes of the Storm every week, and I'm going to be doing a weekly podcast all about Heroes of the Storm. What? Yes, it's called Core, um, because we really just want to cut to the 
core issue, like core fun things to discuss about Heroes of the Storm. And the core is the thing that you try to kill in order to win the game. Um, ah, so okay. That kind makes of sense. this sort of, you know, double entendre uh, oh. going on with the name. And it's very simple. And we like simple, punchy. We all sort of, you know, just core. It, this is core. So we're doing a show. Um, the big news for me is I'm doing it with Scott Johnson, someone. The whole reason why we're doing podcasts, at least I am, is because I admired his work and wanted to do it. So this is a huge deal for me. Also, be hanging out with John Jagger, who's been a who's a guild leader in World of Warcraft, one of the largest guilds, um, and a good friend. And both Scott and John do the Nvidia stream that uh, happens on Twitch. So this is very cool. Um, really excited, and that means you know Crofton and I can spend more time talking about other games than Heroes. Because if this isn't your first time listening to the show. Basically every week, I'm like, I played Heroes of the Storm. But but you know what? That's yeah. that's good. Like you, I'm glad that 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 you're doing that show because I I do think that like not just Heroes. You have always been a Blizzard fanboy, and I'm sure that Core on Core, you guys will probably discuss other Blizzard stuff as well. You and uh, I think yeah, no, I think it's a great fit because honestly, like I know it's tough on a general purpose video game show like breaking down the the you know strengths and weaknesses of the latest hero from one individual MOBA and this the, having a narrower focus like that is going to get you uh I I think it anyway I think it's going to be pretty sweet i encourage anybody who listens to this to listen to that and i'm looking forward to listening to the first episode and also i feel like i've told you before Bo, but like i really do want to try heroes of the storm and uh, maybe listening to the episode will be a, a boot in my pants uh to play it but um yeah. it's uh it if there's any moba out there that appeals to me it's it maybe smite also kind of appeals a little bit yeah, Smite's one I've actually downloaded. I haven't booted it up yet because I just wanted to give it a go. Enough people have said good things about it, and it's different enough. Um, so I do want to give that a, that a whirl. I will say the one thing that got me really into Heroes, though, was like I spent a good part of my weekend watching the esports broadcast. They had the North the Americas Finals, and um, it was a good like there were good matches, good series. But Sunday evening, they had Cloud Nine versus Tempo Storm. And Tempo Storm has only lost one game out of like 42 games it's played in this whole season, this whole competition. So they were the favorites to win the whole thing. Damn. Um, and if you're on Twitch watching, you know who Raynad is. He's the owner and he streams and he's he's known for being salty. But um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyways, Tempo Storm lost the first two games in a best of five. Cloud9 whooped their butts handily. It's a huge upset. Um, and what made the series so great was that Tempo Storm then came back and won two games. Like they just they turned it around, and then like it was like a, this, watching a totally different team. Like they were they really rallied. I gotta this better end the way I'm hoping. That and it it's went to end. game five, and um, and it was just the best game. Like it was the best series. But and game five took place on Blackheart's Bay, had uh, Toronto. And Zagara on the side of Cloud9 giving all kinds of vision. Um, and it won Cloud9 the game. And Cloud9 upset Tempo Storm, which. After was, losing the first two games. Yeah. So. Um, That's crazy. It was, it was like. Because a lot of times these esports matches are stomps. Like, or, you know, there's clear edges, they're clear favorites. This one 
was really the underdog of the two top dogs. Um, but still, it was they were really tight matches. And I think there were some really amazing plays that you didn't see otherwise. And I can't nerd out here because if you don't play Heroes, you won't know what I'm talking about. But there were those like, oh crap moments like in hockey when someone scores in some unlikely angle. But it just shows so much talent. Um, really good stuff. So that made me really excited for what we hadn't announced yet while I was watching it. I was like, oh my god. And I even got a tweet featured on the... Um, on the live stage that they had. So, you know, Mike Morheim and all the people there who were in the audience got to see my tweet. And I was like, I want to see Ring of Frost like an idiot. <laughs> because <laughs> because they, they, they keep taking Jaina. Jaina's a good hero. They keep picking, for the level 10 ultimate, a water elemental, which I disagree with. And Ring of Frost is just way more fun to see. So, now the world knows... Uh, that I prefer Ring of Frost and that I was Twitter coaching from Twitter. <laughs> well, you can see the amount of enthusiasm and passion Bo has for Heroes of the Storm, which is great. So I think that it I think that it will be a good show with the three of them. And I know Scott does quality products. Bo, I hear you're doing the theme music as you have brought such excellent theme music to both this podcast and good bad or bullshit so that's yeah. awesome yeah so if you, if you are interested in heroes and want to check out here's the storm show then um on twitter it's core heroes that, that you can look to follow or you can go to the website heroes for you.com um that's the url we're using or just go to frogpants.com you can find it from there but um uh, there's an episode zero. It's like two minutes. We just it's just a placeholder while things get set up on iTunes and all that. And um, cool, yeah, go check it out. So I'm excited. When, so first episode will go live when? Uh, we record this Saturday. So you know, how long does it take to go up after normally? We don't know. Uh, I think I think it should be fairly quick turnaround time. It should go up onto the feed Saturday or Sunday. But we're recording cool. it on Saturday, so. Exciting. There'll be three podcasts into the wind. Four if you count that experience points thing. Yeah, it does go up on the audio feed and the Frog Pants feed, but it's not really a show, so. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's funny because, like, as everybody knows, recently I've been playing Batman Arkham Knight. uh, No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm I'm at and I've I've completed the main story and I'm just doing bonus stuff. Like I'm literally doing the Riddler riddles. I'm almost halfway through all the Riddler riddles. I don't think I'm going to do them all. I'm like I'm getting tired of doing them and I'm starting to like think about my next game. Uh, not to get into my tech issues, but one of my computer blew up a while back and I've decided to replace it with two computers. One that I'm using right now, which is an Asus ZenBook. And it's one of these micro computers. It's super light. Um, and, uh, it's, it's so far pretty good. Like it's got a solid state hard drive in it. So it boots up nice and fast, but it, in terms of gaming, it's not optimal actually i have no idea how powerful it is because i never really planned to d- use it for gaming i was gonna you know spend more money on a dedicated gaming computer uh which i have now done but uh, like with all good things in life you have to wait and i have to wait for them to deliver uh my new computer which is a um an alienware computer nice. uh yeah it, it's called um 
what, what's it called? It's, it's, I got into this thing where I wanted, I'm trying to baby proof my house and I wanted a no more desktop. I was going to buy a laptop and I was looking at them and the prices were just so high, both for a- a- Alienware and any of them. And then I saw that Alienware has what's known as the X51, uh, which is essentially somewhat of a steam box. It's not called a steam box, but it's, it's, um, it's about the size of an Xbox one or a PlayStation four, uh, the X 51, R3, and I think a lot of competitive gamers take it because of its portability to to esports competitions and such. Has like liquid cooling in it and all this sort of stuff. Um, it's very compact, and so anyway, I'm getting it like at the beginning of October. But in the meantime, all my Steam, like I'm thinking of putting this Steam on this Asus ZenBook, but I don't even think it could play Rocket League. I really think this thing has got minimal graphical. Uh, spec, so I think I may be chained to my console for the foreseeable future. And so, uh, if you guys out there have got ideas of good PS4 games for me to play, please uh, send them into the show. Tweet at me at Croft and Steers, or like in the Twitch chat. Let me know because honestly, I'm I'm uh, I just finished Batman. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of going back to The Witcher Three, but I feel like I still might need a little break, and so. Uh, you know, give me give me a game I might not have thought of, and I'll 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 look it up because I got time to kill till I get my sweet gaming PC. Okay, so I, yeah, I had a look at this this thing. It's a cute little box. Like it seems very portable. Yeah. So the deal is, I could have it on my desk. No wires for the kiddo. Uh, it looks good. You can you can expand it with. Um, well, you could switch the video card out, or you can put uh, the video card's the weakest point in it, but still better than what I currently have. Um, and you can you can uh, connect like a- Alienware has this weird sort of uh, adapter that you can plug into the back of it, and it's like uh, it's made for their laptops mainly. Then you stick a desktop graphic card into this box, you plug it into the laptop with this proprietary proprietary port, and you get the power of that that card. Um, so you can also do that to this computer, like plug in this external. So it's like an easy upgrade, if you will, hmm. um, on the graphic card. So at one point I may do that, but like I look at the games I want to play now and like none of them are going to require, uh, I'm not 4k gaming at this stage. And, uh, that's the one thing this PC probably couldn't do, but it, it should be, should be good. I'm looking for something reliable. Yeah, no, this seems really good. I'm actually kind of jealous. I think it's, uh. It's a nice little. It's probably quiet too, which is sort of sweet if it's that small. Yeah, I don't know. That I think that's one of the downsides. It's supposed to be not so quiet. I'm um, as we do a sister podcast, the Good Batter Bullshit Show, and uh, our third host on that show, Mike. Uh, indicated to me the other day that I am neurotic with regards to buying things, and I totally felt neurotic with regards to buying uh, computers. I've been burned literally and figuratively uh, many times buying computers. I love PC gaming. I love having my Steam library and having all this stuff. I love the lower cost. I love the fact you can get better graphics, but man, have I been fucked over a lot of times. So uh, I'm really hoping this time uh, not to be screwed. I will say the ZenBook is providing us with Zen-like audio and video quality for recording our shows uh, today. It's been perfection. Absolute perfection. Thank you, ZenBook. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So so, uh, just uh, the last thing I'd just say about about Batman, and this would be my ribbon on top of it, is that uh, 
is it it really it really is a good game and uh it's it's one that you can't really tell people why it's good without ruining a lot of the story beats yeah. but the polish the graphics and everything it's really a good game so i know i mentioned it last week i made it my recommendation but if you passed on batman arkham knight because let's face it the hype surrounding it was lesser upon release than other arkham games partly due to the batmobile which is justified but it's still a really good game so if you skipped it for reasons uh that you felt that like it was inferior to past arkham games you know put those concerns aside this is a damn good game uh i give it a check out I would say that it may not, might not be as good as Shadows of Mordor, which was a, a clone that came out last year. And this is one thing I... Because they've created a type with these games. Uh, there's a lot of games that control very similarly. Um, you played Sleeping Dogs, Bo. Uh, yes. There's Shadows of Mordor. Uh, Mad Max that just came out. I I'm understand the fighting's very similar. A lot of it is very similar. And so I think like I may be done with Batman for a while and I'll be interested in seeing that type of gameplay with other characters in, in other environments and stuff. Sounds good. So with that, I, I got nothing else in terms of games I'm playing. I'm waiting on my tech, buddy. So let's uh let's we've been putting this off for the past little while. One of the cornerstones, the hallmark of this show after 20 episodes is the dialogue tree where we pick a topic and we have a conversation. We haven't done it for so long, but we're going to do it today. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. That was a Bo Schwartz original right there. It's a fine dialogue tree you've got there, sir. So <laughs> we agreed on a topic today, and it's a topic we've touched on already multiple times in this very episode, Bo. You even hyped your other podcast. I we, did. We've been talking hype. Hype, Let's baby. Talk hype. What the hell is hype? Yeah, hype. Uh, hi- hype. Let, let's face it, okay? Almost like if I look at the 100% of the time that I spend doing things related to video gaming because I work a day job. Um, I do, you know, I have time to kill. I have whatever. I look up my phone. I'll be waiting in line at subway. I'm looking at my phone. What am I looking at? What am I catching? I'm catching up on video game news. I'm listening to video game podcasts like this sweet one. I'm doing all sorts of stuff. And what are those shows filled up with or the websites filled with? They're filled with previews. They're filled with trailers that are filled with interviews, all doing one thing. And that is hyping up the games that are yet to be released. So if I looked at 100% of the time I spend doing game-related stuff, I would say 60% of that time is probably hype-related and 40% is actually playing a game. Now, Bo, you may be different because I think you play more, but for me, it's I, I spend a lot of time getting hyped. Like So when you say getting hyped, like you're at work, you're checking uh, news websites, you're on the bus, listening to the podcast like this one, and yep. being like, damn, 
that podcast, Jeff and, and Joe from Jeff and Joe's Video Games, they sure like this new Tomb Raider game, even though I didn't like that trailer. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I can afford to check it out sometime, you know, when I feel like impulse shopping. Well, that, that's like hype on two levels. One was the trailer and one was their podcast about the trailer. You know, like all of it is hype towards that game. There's good hype. There's bad hype. But it's generally people talking about it, promoting it more, more likely and uh, than not. And so, yeah, like for me – and it's funny. The, the Tomb Raider example is interesting because like I take Uncharted 4, okay? Uncharted 4 is a game that has been in development for quite a while. In that time, there have been trailers. There's been a preview at E3. There's all sorts of interviews. There's been a lot of hype. And I and the game itself, I know the game is going to be a typical Uncharted length, probably eight hours. You know, it simulates a movie quite well. Yeah. So So – how much time will I have spent getting hyped for this game compared to the actual amount of time I play it? Like it's different for a game like Fallout 4 or like Elder Scrolls. It's going to be hundreds of hours of gameplay. But if the game's only eight hours and I spent like two years getting hyped for it, I mean, see how much hype is too much hype? Yeah, I think that's, that's part of the hype question um, because there's like – I felt like the Banner Saga was pretty hype. Like, from an indie on an indie level, it was it's one of the more hype titles I had heard about, and it was good. It was also short. I was like, it's over already. Like this, it was like so much promise. This is so great, and just when things were getting so epic, you know, the game's done, and it was good. But uh, yeah, I totally get what you mean by, you know, being overhyped and then undersold in a certain way. But you were talking about this last week. I think you were talking about sites. You go to a website, and and you were saying when looking for news stories that it's hard to actually find news stories because there's so much, like, bullshit false news that's just, like, you know, new new cape for one hero in Heroes of the Storm released. I have one today. Today, the top news item on PC Gamer was meet the dog behind that dog in Fallout 4. And I was like, no. I don't want to read that. Like, I just, yeah. like that's that's it's, exactly it's, that's it. an that's advertisement hype. for Fallout Four. I do not like. Is that even? I guess I saw that PC article Gamer on like does. three different sites. They picked their day perfectly, and this because it's like got picked up everywhere. And this is what the major gaming companies do. They now have relationships with those press sites. That's you know, when we have a new episode, we send out one tweet. Right, but if we were to do it like gaming companies do it, we'd be like, uh, meet the microphone that recorded Crofton's voice like three days before the show. Then two days before the show, you know, we'd be like, check out the headset that coddled Bo's ears during his time in Afghanistan or something. You know, it's just like, like it, you know, and fair play to them. They're trying. They're bringing their their stuff to market. They've got to capture global attention. I guess that's how that game is played. Um, but, man, but it works. It's a, it, it, it's a disservice it, to people because they're articles about nothing. And but see, the thing is, is like there's these websites that you go to multiple times in a day or podcasts that release multiple times a week and they need to fill content, right? So so it's like a cycle where these game companies – because when I go in and, and like there's – for example, Batman, Arkham Knight. That was my, I've said it multiple times, my most anticipated game of this year. I'm not saying it's going to be my favorite game at the end of the year. It's the one I was anticipating the most. That game, quintessential example, They every time you go to the, to IGN 
or Game Informer or wherever you're going to get your game news, there would be some email or some small article about some feature, uh, you know, uh, co-op team battles with Robin and Batman where you can alternate between both of them, you know, or, and that'll be a feature that they'll present one day. Yeah. And it worked on me a bit. Like, I'm like, oh man, how many new things can this game have? Oh, this is sick. And I would get, I got more and more excited to the point, like, I already liked it. I was already hyped based on the fact it was a sequel to games I enjoyed. And now they were, they kept highlighting every, every so often a new feature. If they dumped all those features in one article and just released and said, hey, this is all the new shit that's going to be in our game, maybe I wouldn't have cared as much, you know, or maybe I wouldn't have processed it as much. But by piecing it out and releasing it in that way, I just, I until my hype reached a sort of like a terminal mass. And, and, and what happened then is they missed their release, I think, because because they released a little later than the hype. My hype crescendoed and then it was on the wane. Uh, and then they released the game, and then there was a lot of negative hype with regards to the PC version of that game, and uh, and, and then I, I sort of was I can wait before buying this game. I still bought it because I was still invested, uh, but it you know like I think that what they're trying to do is maximize hype to maximize pre-orders and and purchases, you know, and that sort of thing. So yeah, you know, here's the thing about hype too is that. Because I want to explain this new way that I gauge the games that I want to play is, is I go to Twitch, I look at the games on the list, and the games with the more users I develop an interest in. As weird as it sounds, and it could even be for a blip. So Metal Gear Solid, for example, um, a lot of great stuff happened about it. You and I have talked a lot about Metal Gear Solid and about, you know, there's a lot of hype associated with it. Metal Gear Solid games are kind of terrible in, in, in a great, great way and so but boom there were a ton of streams on launch day a lot of viewers and i watched a few of those and then i developed an interest one might say the hype from watching people play it and having a good time playing it um so i feel like that's an important aspect for me but it's not for everybody that's sort of new to how i think i think it's it's be it's a new like if you look at all the vehicles available to hype this is, that's a new thing, but you're absolutely right in saying it's it's successful. It's like um, I watched this TV show in Canada YT, on YTV called Video and Arcade Top Ten when I was a kid, yeah. and uh, and uh, it was like the one show that aired like it was like a paid advertisement for Nintendo and Super Nintendo games, <laughs> and they would play them throughout the show. And uh, I would I would see them and be like oh I want to play that game that game looks that game looks wicked that's the one place I could watch them where now you can go and watch the game of your choice and you can also see on Twitch how many people are actually streaming it and that may be sort of a barometer of interest you know oh uh, there's a lot of people who are into this game so therefore it may be somewhat worthwhile. Um, no, there's all different methods of all different methods of hyping. I just think that. Um, I, I feel like I have spent too much of my life recently investing myself in hype and not enough. Even the show, like whenever we go through and talk about the news or even talk about games we're playing or games we're looking forward to, yeah. we're, some, we're, we're on board that, that hype train. And I don't want to do away with it entirely. I just think, though, it, like you said, when you gave the example of the dog in Fallout 4, um, 
it's just it's too much. At one point, it's too much. And and I, I uh, no doubt somebody's interested in knowing how that was done. Like I'm not saying it's without merit completely, but they're not doing that out of scientific reporting or insider reporting. It's a hype article. Like that's 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 what it's intended for. The timing, very specifically, you know. Oh, people are forgetting about Fallout Four. Well, here's a reminder. The dog is awesome and fun. <laughs> it, it's funny too because I remember um, it's not a new occurrence. It's been going. I remember Fable Two, which is you know oh, fairly early in the Xbox 360's life cycle, and the whole like they had multiple features about the dog, the big dog, and do these things and he could dig up shit, and he was your companion and all that sort of stuff. Like it was one of their killer features was the dog, you know, and um, and, and and games will will sell those features, uh, and it'll be less about how a game comes together, and it'll be more about a feature that makes a good hype thing. Uh, Fallout, I think, is a bit of a bad example. Uh, like uh, your example is good, but. Fallout 4 was announced in 2015 at E3 just before and is releasing this year. Um, that is great. Like I, I like that. And honestly, I don't mind eating some hype between now and release date. What really drives me nuts is games that are rele- released years and years and years afterwards uh, after their announcement. And those years are just Filled with hype in between, like oh, hello, Daisy. Years of hypes. We're talking about you, Daisy. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> like Daisy. I'm so interested in that game, but it's like it's not finished yet. I have the early access. I haven't played it because I'm like I'd like to play the finished game, but I'm supporting you because this game because the hype made the game sound like it was going to be amazing, and I wanted to be there for it. But guess what? Daisy's never getting released. And but if, that's it'll be a thing, turd if it does get released. The thing about DC is you can play some version of it. The worst for me is is not the worst, but like is is when you're waiting for years and years for for the promise of a game. One so that let's you can't give an example. It, that, what, what's like, a game that's been hyped forever that hasn't released? Um, a, a game that's normally they're Doom all delayed. Metal Gear Solid Five was was it was an example of a game that's been delayed a lot and has been hyped and hyped. Like I remember when the first videos came out for that, uh, and they were tr- like, "What was the difference between Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Pain?" At first, they tried to make it sound like this independent studio was making the game, the Phantom Pain, and it wasn't related to Metal Gear. And then like the Anyway, that that's one. I would say the division at Ubisoft. Ubisoft is the worst for this. They <laughs> they release they release a game normally at E three. They announce a game, a new property or something, and then it'll be years. Watch Dogs was another one. Watch what Dogs about for Honor. We're never going to see that till 2017, 2018? Potentially not. For Honor is their new one. Like, it, again, it's it's a game that that they're, they're show they showed more of it than they showed of say Watch Dogs. Of, upon its announcement but watchdogs to me is the perfect example of a game that missed the hype train so it it was so hyped for so long and people were legitimately excited for it that by the time it released the the air had let out of the 
being let out of the balloon, people were, I think, a little bit sick of Watch Dogs already, and they hadn't even played it. And it's the same, the Division now, I'm seeing people, like, I was really interested in the Division. But now, like, it was, I saw it at the last E3 or whatever, and I was like, you know what? I can't believe this game is not out yet. I'm not, uh, you know, I've lost interest in it. Have you lost interest because the games industry has moved on and given you better things to be hyped over? Or is it just... It's oversaturation. Like if you watch the same trailers of the same footage of the same games, but you never actually get to play the game, at one point you're like, all right, I feel like I've seen a lot of this game or my my interest level in it. It feels like it's like when you play a game for a long time and then you're like, okay, I'm done with it, even though it's a good game. I, I, I feel like there's an art to hype management to, to get our expectations uh, going and, and then like satisfying them with an awesome game. And I feel like a lot of companies are effing it up. And a lot of the times it's out of their hands. And I think of Bioshock games like Bioshock Infinite, even the original Bioshock, is games that were delayed for reasons that that were worth it in the end. They were looking to put together the perfect product. But I think games like Watch Dogs are often delayed due to poor hype management and product management. They're so big, but they're they're not... When oh, they come out, like... And they, 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 these are big companies. They can't just... Re- like, there are... They have a budget to run. Like, presumably, they've got to like, plan when they're going to start earning money and when they're going to coordinate with other companies and things of that nature. So, like, it's not just as, as simple, I think, for those companies to be like, ah, let's pick a date and swirl their finger around onto a calendar. Like, if they change a date, then a whole bunch of other people have to do paperwork and, you know, logistics have to be changed. So, like, like they've yeah. got, it's got to be a well-coordinated machine that everyone's on target with. And then the game testers are like, sorry, it's still broken. We can't make the date. Uh and it's interesting how many people are involved in the hype process. Like there's obviously the the comms people and the public relations people at each individual company. But then there's like – I look at all these these podcasts I listen to like um, IGN or, or uh, Kind of Funny or GameSpot. Any, how much of 100% of the time that they're doing a show, are they talking about a game that's out, a game that they're enjoying – a game that's that's in the past, and how much are they talking about games that are yet to be released or are in the future? And I would say majoritarily they're talking about games that are to be released, and yeah. and people are listening to find out often little tidbits, drips, drabs about those games. So I feel like hype is a vital part of the industry. It's just reached a point where I spend too much of my time like. I- in- the hype, the the epitome of that hype rumor mill are like either registering for copyrights, like uh, trademarks, you know. Oh, this trademark yeah. is made; it must mean a sequel's coming. Or this is the other big uh, paradigm job. Um, they're looking for a particular kind of job, and so the yeah. rumor mill goes, and it's like, oh my god, they want a lead designer. What could it be for? Must be Daybra- for the- Daybreak Studios hiring <laughs> new lead creative director on mystery project. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and. And that helps fuel the fire too. So all you got is this giant ball of hype, and like, what game captures everyone's attention? Rocket League that I didn't hear about until the damn thing was released. I'll point out, and it was on it, Twitch, and I was like, "What's this Rocket League in second place? Oh, it's this game where you hit balls around." That's how I learned about it. It was on Twitch, and it was like the day or second day of release, and then it was available to play. 
And that not all games. That's that's a nice surprise. But not all games are for sure like that. I remember how hyped you were for Skyrim, and oh, you were God, showing me yes, like that was terrible. I the tra- never want that the to trailers, and you were showing me all this sort of stuff, and you were like, "Oh man, I can't wait to play this game so much." And then, uh, and then when it released, you know, like everybody, we've all put in tremendous hours in Skyrim, and it's been a, it's been a game that quote unquote lived up to the hype, and that's that's what you hope for now. With this sheer amount of hype uh, on these AAA projects, you just are like, what are the chances that it lives up to the hype? You know, what are the chances? Is it going to let me down? I think and, part, part of the hype with Bethesda stuff is that they all they are expectations about their products and they meet them. They often meet them. So, you know. And the hype is generated through sequels too, right? Because like Skyrim is a sequel to Oblivion, but also the sequel to Fallout 3 spiritually. And, and uh, Fallout 4... People are excited for it as the sequel to Fallout 3, but they're also sequ- uh, excited to it because it's the next evolution of ideas brought forward in Skyrim. And it's the same with um, with like I was – all of all the hype features in – Doom 4. In, Doom 4. In uh, Batman Arkham Knight, the thing that excited me the most was that it was another Batman game by Rocksteady. That, that's yeah. really what, what excited me. Because I loved the first one so much and, and really like I just couldn't wait to see what the next one was and that's where my enthusiasm was, well, a good was pedi- coming from. A good from. pedigree will create that. I mean all the major studios that have fan favorites will – like Square Enix has its fans. Final Fantasy Fifteen is definitely hyped for some people. You know, like I think if you have a successful product and it's a sequel then and hypes or DLC, that kind of thing is a big deal. I'll tell you what – companies are doing really well with the hype management or all these MOBA free-to-play game companies that are doing super well. Um, they tend to release drips of news like four weeks out, then three weeks out, that's a reveal of what's going to be released. Then two weeks out, there's like dev interviews and community outreach. Then there's the lead up to the release of the content. And then the content's very small. Like it's, it's a new hero and a new skin Give us millions of dollars, please, and then repeat that cycle over and over again. I don't know if that's doing it well Well, or doing it profitably, I guess. Yeah, when I say doing it well, I mean, you know, these are gaming companies. So if you're the guy that makes Call of Duty and you're like, well, we're making money, but we're not making, you know, League of Legends money. We're not making Hearthstone money. What are they doing right? And how can we incorporate that into our business model? And I think that's what's happening with the news cycles, that everything is a piece of dumb news I don't want to hear about in the gaming industry. Like you said earlier, everything is like, oh, did you hear Call of Duty has a third gun in it? And I'm like, why do I want to read this article and do not give a crap about it? How is this? And this is officially released from the company. You know, everyone's adopting this, like, pepper everybody with news, little drabs of news information. And the honest truth is only those games that are really, really entertaining to people are the ones that are making any real um, inroads with in, in success, you know? As an aside, and this is a company I very much enjoy, and now based on The Witcher 3, I'm really excited for what they do next, which is a CD Projekt Red. Um, they are guilty of doing one of the more egregious hype tactics that uh, that that uh, I can recall, which is for their their cyberpunk twenty something something game. Oh Don't remind me uh, of it because that makes me feel excited for it, even just hearing about it. So so they they released no it's it's they released that original trailer, the one with the bullet song and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
they they released that original trailer with no necessary intention of making that game. Yeah, I they, that. they they released it as a hype generating tactic tactic to see how enthusiastic people would be about them making that game. So then they released it and people were excited and they're like, okay, we're going to divert resources and we're going to make this game. But if people had, if it had fallen like a lead balloon, they would have just been like, oh, we're not going to do that. So the idea that, that developers are now actually using hype to gauge interest, like that is like, if, if, if I had seen that cyber project thing in the video and then they're like, yeah, we're not making that game. Forget it, you know? I, I saw it, there was that interview with the Sony developer about Shenmue, and they're saying, like, is there an ask? They, they refer to it as, the, is, the, is the gaming community, is there an ask from the gaming community for this product? Yeah. Like, and I, so I'm off, when you sit, tell that story about CD Projekt Red, that's an example of something that worked that they admitted to. Do we even remember the ones that didn't? Is this a useful strategy? No, probably strategy? not. Like, I, I'm like, what game did I see that I hated when I saw it and then never heard from again and no game materialized? You know what? I don't give a shit because I probably hated it and I don't want to remember something I didn't like. So, <laughs> you know. That's, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know what to it. do about hype, honestly, Bo. It's like one of those things well, that I just need to be let, more disciplined myself with me, regards to A, buying into hype and B, spending my time looking at it. Let me be the devil's advocate on hype because like the the that Heroes of the Storm tournament happened this weekend and there's tournaments happening all the time. That is hype building for a product that like, makes me want to go play. Makes right. me excited to play. Makes me feel validated in playing. And similarly, we're in a realm now where if you're playing Metal Gear Solid Five and there's a lot of hype, and there's a lot of other people playing it. It's like being into Game of Thrones. You know, there isn't anything right. worse than you're like, oh, did you see Game of Thrones? Yeah, did you see Game of Thrones? No, I don't have HBO. And they're like, well, anyways, we're gonna have our own conversation. You go away. And you're like, yeah. oh, I'm left out of what the community's doing. No, oh no, I know, and that's the worst too. And like, I, honestly, I'm talking about Batman here, a game that came out not long ago, it came out in June, honestly, and it takes a good month to to play through. If you, it, it, uh, and um. And but still, like we're we're at the beginning of September. It's not that far removed, but at the same point, people are not looking for Batman news now. If you go on any of these websites, nobody's got a ba- unless they're updating what the next little doodad on the Batman season passes. They're not they're not really talking about it anymore. And so yeah, I feel out of touch because I'm not playing Metal Gear Solid Five. And we're not talking about it on this show. And when we do talk about it, you know, people will be playing Fallout 4 probably or some <laughs> other game. And, uh, yeah, you're out of step with the community. Um, and that that in a digital age can definitely be be tough. And, and hype is all about cre- – for marketing purposes, it creates that moment. It creates these moments of excitement where everybody's talking about your product and, and, and people like, you know, me want in. And honestly, what I find the funniest about those moments is they become almost transparent after they're over. So if you can survive not buying a game or not playing a game in the storm of hype, you wait like a week, two weeks after, all of a sudden, it's it's died down. Like the buzz has stopped. Not everyone has a prolonged buzz like Rocket League. A lot of them, it's like two weeks after the game and then everybody's talking about something else. Yeah. Yeah. And, unless there's a meme. Unless you take an arrow to the knee, because <laughs> it used to be a popular game, but then you took an arrow to the knee. That's oh, that, rude, I used to be. It. I used to be a popular game, but, but then, then I, I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that should have been our master game theater. Damn it! 
Uh, well, we'll we'll have to surprise the listeners with something equally good in a few segments. But I think we can end this discussion of hype as we move into a new discussion, a positive discussion, a discussion where we decide, oh, where we answer the question: spend your cash or vendor trash. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. All right. So uh, I will start this week, Bo, my friend. Last week, I think, was last week the one where I was dissing on the Metal Gear Solid games? I think it, yeah, I think last week you said... It was my first two, vendor trash. Don't play for their vendor trash, which is actually right, pretty Vendor funny. trash. So I felt like this, I got to get back on the pony and say... Get back on that pony. Yeah, spend your cash. Now, this is I'm also taking advice from you, Bo, because you had um, you had done some sort of mermaid game recently, uh, and uh, it and you told me that it's like we're trying to encourage people to play games that they might not have heard of before. Not like because all my games are like play Batman or Knight or some something that is clearly I play The Witcher, uh, well known, and, and so I'm gonna try to to toot the horn of a game that's a little less well known known it's called dust and elysian tale and a few years ago it was part of um xbox's summer of arcade when they still ran those and now it's available on every system imaginable uh, you can often get it for cheap on pc i got it as part of a humble bundle one time uh you can get it on playstation 4 it, it's a game that was pretty much all done by uh, one guy for the most part. It's ridiculous to my brain, aside from the voice acting and, and some stuff. It's ridiculous to my brain that one guy could possibly have done this game. Do you know if it's, it was done in like Unity or Unreal or anything like that? No, it's it's a 2D side-scroller. Uh, so I think it's done... Um, in in a uh, it, like it, I I don't I've, know. What I've played of... this game actually. I've I, you recommended to me, and I think I picked it up for cheap, and I've played it a little bit. Yeah, it's uh. So what it what it is is um is, is it's got like um uh it's got like a Don Bluth art style, which is like a the old sort of um, Looney Tunes type style. Uh, the characters, it's about like sort of a rabbit samurai. It's, and uh, and he goes on sort of like he goes on an adventure, and it uses essentially um, uh, a combat system reminiscent of almost games like Devil May Cry or something. Like there's you can do all sorts of juggling combos, and you can like there's really a, a fairly deep com- combat system. But it's also a Metroidvania game where you get new skills, and that allows you to unlock certain areas. Um, and yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really think it's a fun play. Music's good, sounds good, graphics are good. It is a little cutesy. You have to bear with some of that stuff, especially you have a little sidekick that's like Navi from Ocarina of Time. But hey, listen, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, but really, it, it, it's worth playing. I I feel like stuff like an Elysian Tale. Like I feel like if branding things, and maybe this is my communications background, but like if they had just called it Dust. 
I feel like it would have been an easier sell than calling it an Elysian tale afterwards. Um, but uh, it it's really it does have a somewhat of a fairy tale quality to it. There's also little side quests you can do. Talk to the villagers in town. I played this game as a kid called Zeliard. And uh, it was by Game Arts. It's like a sort of like a, a, a game, the second Legend of Zelda, sort of a 2D side scroller uh, where you'd go into dungeons and you'd come back and you'd upgrade your gear and stuff like that. It's a little bit like that. It has some of that flavor and I, like where there's one town and you keep going back to it. So yeah, Dust and Elysian Tale, totally recommend. You should see if you can get it for cheap. Uh, I think you probably can, and uh, it's really, really a, a, a fun, fun play. It'll take you about four or five hours to probably plow through that one. So that's my recommendation, Bo. What is yours? I'm actually glad you recommended that because um, I want to get back to that and actually play it. That was actually fun, and I just got distracted with other things. But that was actually I really enjoyed the opening bit, and and I'm looking forward to finish like continuing to play it. I sort of feel you would like that one. I don't know why. It, like, there's like quests and you upgrades, and very, yeah, like the Metroidvania is pretty strong too. Yeah, I think it. I think I got that sense from it, and um, it was just fun. It had the combat system seemed like it was fun to do. So, um, I don't have one this week. <laughs> That's cool. Like, I, I mean, just don't we have shouldn't... a recommendation for this week. So, uh... your recommendation should be check out the core podcast. Yeah, let's make it that. Um, even though I can't recommend it, but I can because I'm in it. So there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, Heroes, recommend it. com. It's a Heroes of the Storm podcast that starts this Saturday. Um, you'll find links at that address to subscribe in your favorite subscribe place, like iTunes. What's it? What's it called? Heroesforyou.com? Heroes for You. They're going to do a with test. The nu- with, with the number four? No, the, the spelling of four. See, I... Well, the way you said it made me think. Frogpants.com slash podcast slash core. Yeah, so it's not going to have its own dedicated site, but that'll be the URL it's, that sends it. That it says join there. Scott Johnson, comma, John Jagger, comma, and Bo Schwartz. You got the and. That's like what Robert De Niro gets in the credits of a movie. It'll be like Joe Pesci and – or Joe Pesci, <laughs> Al Pacino – and Robert De Niro. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. That's a nice way of looking at it. I got the end. I'm pretty you happy You got about the it. end, baby. Yep. So, anyways, that's what I recommend. Go subscribe to that show, and there'll be stuff. We'll talk about heroes. So, if I, if you find that you listen to this show and are upset that I'm not talking about heroes enough, uh, that's your recommend. All right. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they might be honestly because they, you know, everybody's like watching you doing your heroes live streams or whatever, and they might come listen to the show and be like, "No, oh, why is there not enough heroes strategy talk?" I came mm-hmm. here to find out how to play Gazlow. Gazlow's um, <laughs> awesome though. Gravel bomb, wombo combo, baby. It, it's funny how, how you started by make, making group? fun of it and then yeah. you immediately fell off. It was like started <laughs> yeah, talking about it seriously. I, I, I could literally do just talk about Heroes of the Storm all day, every day. I, think, I have no doubt. I think that's possible for me. Um, all but, right. Well, if you want to hear that, listen to the core, not here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the exclamation mark. So uh, what if our listeners want to tell us about the cool stuff they're doing? Um, we'd read that on our show, right? We would? Yeah. So um, how do, how would a listener do that, Crofton? Well, I would... The 
there's so many ways, Bo. I'm glad you asked this question. Um, number, number one is I would, I would think that email still works in the society we live in. And I, w- I would use our email, which is exmpodcast uh, at gmail.com. And uh, also, uh, they can follow us on Twitter at exmpodcast, uh, facebook.com slash exmpodcast. They can give us all their likes. Um, and also, if they, if they wanted to, you know, ask us a question live that we would then ignore until the end of the show, uh, they could do that on Twitch by watching generally around 8, 8.30 on a Monday. We'll, we'll live stream the show, twitch.tv slash EXM podcast. Um, and, uh, and, you know, if they just can't get enough of us in their lives and they're like, you know, this is great. You've given us all these avenues, but we want more Crofton and Bo. And we the core's not out yet, so where do we go? I would say... Go to goodbadbull.com where you will find the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast. And you can find us joined by our friend Mike uh, reviewing random topics every week. It's always a fun time and a good show. And the latest subject was fashion. And look at how we're dressed. Aren't we qualified to be speaking about fashion? I'm wearing my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt. And Crofton has his... um, I just popped my collar. just popped his collar and he's wearing his... What is that? Uh, your Justin Timberlake beachwear line? Sure. Fair <laughs> enough. I can't think of a better way to describe it. What I'm it? just like glad you. Arnold I'm just glad you did that, Justin, with Timberlake. Yeah, I, didn't, I wouldn't want to Bieber you. I, that felt mean. You don't deserve uh, to be Bieber. If, and if it was Bieber, I wouldn't be wearing a shirt. We both know that. Yeah, that's true. Um, too. So you can also follow us individually on the internet, and Bo is going to be populating his individual feed with all sorts of great Heroes of the Storm content in the near future. But, but Bo, what is that feed? Wait. my fe- Oh, my feed is at Bo Schwartz. B-E-A-U-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z. Recently featured on the Heroes of the Storm um, uh, Twitter feed thing that they showed. That's so, right, as my, seen on... My Twitter feed's famous now. Not really. There were like 5 billion other ones, but still. If you if you like non-famous ch- Twitter feeds, you can check out mine. I'm at Crofton Steers on Twitter. I'd spell it out, but it's really long. But so like, it's our to, names, so if you're reading the description of the exmpodcast.com, read our names and put them in Twitter. Yeah. All right. All right. So with all that, pa, um, papras, I don't know how they say it in pa- French. Papyrus? I don't even know. I have stuff Preparation. Paperwork? Le paperwork. What were you trying? The papras? What is it? It sounds with like what you put on toast. With all that out of the way, I think we're ready to move into the final segment of our show. Uh, uh, the Probably the fan favorite segment. The Master Game Theater Quote of the Week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. You know, we should, as part of Master Game Theater, we should start finding developers like, say, Bobby Kotick or something and see if they've said anything ridiculous. And You know, that's not a bad you. idea. There's probably some ridiculous statements that they've yeah, said. I want to think, say, we can open up our, our the scope of the Master Game Theater. So if you've got something interesting that a developer said, email it to us and we'll perform it on the show. Sweet. Um, yeah. All right. I feel this is one for you this week, Bo. Oh, okay. 
<clears throat> you have a deeper, deeper voice. Um, this is a famous <clears throat> video game character. His name is Duke Nukem. Um, this is not from his recent shittier games, but from his good older games. Uh, in particular, this one is from Duke Nukem 3D, as performed by Bo Schwartz. And it has to do with Duke's frustration with his uh, transportation being ruined by extraterrestrials. All right, Bo, when you're ready. Damn, that's the second time those alien bastards shot up my ride. (laughs) 